Everybody says that they want to compete, but what they really mean is they only want to compete against teams if they have a strong chance of winning. Mm -hmm. I try to liken that to the Boston Marathon. How many people go to the Boston Marathon saying, I'm only going to run this race if there's a chance that I'm going to win? Most mm -hmm. people know that they're not going to win the Boston Marathon. It's about racing in the most prestigious, well-known, prevalent race in the country. That is what we want NCA to be. And so regardless of, of what people want that event to be for their own business, NCA has tried to stand true to what it is and its place in the market. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight. Let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 105. Not sure there's going to be a 106, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Do we have the best listeners in the world or what? I tell the story during the actual episode, but in episode 99, I do some reflecting on the podcast, where we've been, where we'd like to go, milestones, etc. And one of the questions was, who haven't you had on the show that you'd like to have on the show? And so I tell this story about how we still haven't had Justin on, how I invited Damien on, and just nothing was working. I thought we were going to get Justin. I thought we were going to get Damien, and then we didn't have it. And so I just kind of moved on from the idea of having them. And anyway, I, I retell that story in episode 99. Episode 99 releases, and the next day I have a DM from the man himself. Turns out a gym owner, a listener of the show, reached out to Justin Asked him to be on the show, said everyone would love it if you really joined the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. And, you know, long story short, next thing you know, we not only have Justin, but we got Damien too. So this is a great episode, great conversation, and I can't wait to share it with you guys. However, before we get into that, if you are new, welcome to the show. New episodes every Tuesday on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on Google Podcasts. It's usually me talking cheer, talking industry news, and as of this recording, it looks like the USASF will be taking over, scoring that news literally just dropped, so we'll definitely be talking about that in next week's episode. And when I'm not talking industry news with my co-host, Brittany, we have on cool guests like Justin and Damien. So be sure to subscribe so you never miss out on another episode. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram and on TikTok, where we're having tons of fun over there, Jason C. Larkins on TikTok and Let's Talk Cheer Podcast on Instagram. Shout out to my mother, Sheila, Claire, Sarah, Robin, Adriana, Chanel, Tamara, myself, my not so mysterious supporter, Heather Peterson of Flipside, Pablo representing for all the cheer dads out there, our mate Michelle, Mike, the lean, mean coaching machine, Heidi, Adam, and our two newest supporters, Jasmine and Casey. If you want to help support the podcast financially, there's a link in the show notes and you can donate for as little as 99 cents 
a month. But the best way to support the show for free is to share this episode with someone. Guys, we have Damien and Justin on. Share this podcast with the world. Parents want to hear from varsity representatives. Share it with another mom. Coaches and owners want to hear from the people at varsity. Share it with them. And if you don't know who to share it with specifically, share it on your social media. And by sharing it on your social media, you're entered to win a free coaches training with me. All you have to do is take a screenshot of an episode of the podcast and post that on your Instagram story and tag our Instagram in the post. That's it. Share the podcast on your story. Tag the Let's Talk to Your Podcast in the post and you are entered to win. The next winner will be announced in episode 110. However, since we are in episode 105, that means we have a winner from our last giveaway, which is Justine Laskowski. Congratulations, guys. I say this every week. The more shares, the more entries someone is going to win. Why not you? I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life, running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is the interview we've all been waiting for. My conversation with Justin Carrier and Damian Albee Stewart. Justin, Damian, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for coming on. Hello, Jason. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us, Jason. I've been thinking about this for a long time and i'm uh, finally glad that we made it happen so shout out to i'm not even sure who it, who it is i'll mention it in the um when i redo the opening but yeah you had a gym owner out, it was like hey you guys yeah somebody said hey uh you need to do jason larkin's podcast i was like how, how much did he pay you to call me and ask that yeah <laughs> so yeah that was super cool so yeah, I just, I'll tell, everyone else knows this story, but I was on, I was just doing a little solo episode, reflecting on our, it was episode num number 99, I'm reflecting on just the 99 episodes we've had. I had AI generate some questions for me. It was like, who have you had on, or who haven't you had on that you'd like to have on? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'd really like to have Justin on. You know, we've gone back and forth a few times about it. I thought we had him. Then I was like, oh, I don't think we're going to get him. And I was talking to Damien. Damien's like, hey, I, yeah, I think we could come on. And then nothing happened. And then... I was just like, well, I guess it's not going to happen, right? And so I say that on the episode, that owner, you know, reaches out and that, you know, connected the dots. And so here we are, the episode, the people have been waiting for. What, so, what uh, episode really number is this? Coming on. What is this? this I was is, just going to ask, what number are this we? This is 105. So a nice, you know, That's round nice. number. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Episode 105. So here we go. But yeah, so let, let's start at the beginning. Um, Damien, let's start with you. So, you know, how'd you get involved in the industry and what's your uh, title nowadays and what do you do? So title is VP of international. We have a, a great group that works with us that has been putting on events outside of the U.S. and also helping our teams that are coming from outside the U.S. compete inside at our events. So kind of overseeing the day-to-day -day operations of that team as well as our Germany office and kind of the, getting them looped in and part of our varsity all-star team. They've been over, not literally on an island, but they've been over in Europe, kind of hanging out, doing their own thing and running events through Europe. And so we've really started to combine some resources together and utilizing their assets as, as well as ours. So kind of making that kind of glue together, obviously still hand in hand with Justin and our team with the summit, all things summit, all things regional summit, youth summit, D2 summit, anything that has the word summit in it, I tend to get my hands in. So love that and, and on our leadership team, just helping the overall varsity all-star kind of direction moving forward after COVID. As far as where I came from, 
I was a kid that did not make middle school cheerleading. <laughs> I, uh, I had nothing to do with cheerleading. I skated growing up, moved to another town in New Hampshire and ended up on this Pop Warner team where I talked my mom into coaching so that I could participate. And then somehow ended up getting into to high school cheerleading, won four state championships that way. And ironically enough, my high school shared choreographer with Linda and Cheryl from ECE. So that's how I've, I've literally known them since I was 12 years old. We didn't have all-star back then dating myself. They, uh, I've literally known them my whole life, as I say, went away to school, went to the South for cheer, cheered down there for a couple of years, and then just got into coaching and really wanted to be on the coaching side of things and making a difference. I taught high school for a couple of years. So I also had the coaching experience in high school and then had the opportunity with James and Shannon with Spirit Sports 22 years ago now to start working, doing their events when they started Spirit Sports and just have come up through that brand into varsity and then ultimately with summit and varsity all-star so kind of a, a climb the ladder story i guess i don't know another way to put it but just kept my head down worked and stayed true to who i was and just kind of rode the wave then here we are here, here we go all right yeah. um just episode 105 <laughs> episode 105 let's go <laughs> now now you've made it yeah let's talk this, to your podcast yes. now you officially made it I mean, this is going yes. in her bio <laughs> There you go. All right, yes, Justin, let's hear it. How'd you get involved in cheer? And then what's your, you know, the the, hat, the different hats you wear in the industry? So I wanted to be a cheerleader in high school, but I didn't know how to do it. I was afraid. So I, I had a girlfriend, a friend of mine who was a cheerleader. So I decided to be the mascot because that would be the best way I could get into cheerleading without being a cheerleader. So I was a mascot my junior year in high school. And then during that year was right when All-Star was getting started. And a bunch of my girlfriends were on an All-Star team. And so they invited me to like open gym stunt practice. And so I learned how to stunt my junior year in high school and was hooked. So I cheered my senior year, cheered at North Texas, did NCA summer camps, started working in the office part-time in college, and then went full-time as soon as I graduated. And I've been doing it ever since. I've had a a lot of different roles with the company. I was, you know, I did high school choreography and coaching for a long time. I coached at Cheer Athletics for a while before I really started focusing on the all-star side with NCA and Varsity. And I've been doing that ever since. So I'm, in terms of what I do right now, I'm on the leadership team for Varsity All-Star with Damien. I oversee event experience which is a lot of things associated with the brands and the awards and the end of season development. I help Damien with a lot of the summit things that she works on. I oversee the league, which is our new end of season points race that we launched this past year. That's been really, really cool and exciting. And then I also still manage NCA events and championships, and that includes NCA All-Star Nationals, but it also includes the NCA school events, including NCA high school nationals and have a hand in NCA college nationals, which we obviously just wrapped up uh, recently. So still pretty much involved in everything. I've served on different committees with USASF, including the board of directors, and really just kind of try to have my hand in every every part of uh, yeah. every part of what's going on. There you go. So let me ask a, a follow up real quick to We're Damien. Real board over here, <laughs> right? <laughs> so here you go. Follow up to Damien. Now that you're working with like on the international side, what's like the biggest difference you see between cheerleading here in the states and when we go abroad? Honestly, I think sometimes that's when the U.S. sleep on the teams outside of the U.S. There is a there is a very talented group of athletes and coaches in multiple countries. I mean, we are in several countries across the world with Canada, the U.K., Germany, 
all the Nordic countries, Japan, mm-hmm. Australia. So there's there's great cheerleading in all of those places, plus some that I don't name. They're the sportsmanship, to be very honest with you. It's very refreshing heading outside of the U.S. and, and seeing how the teams are supportive of each other and how they, whether it's live and in person or on social media or any of those pieces, like it just it's different. It's a different mm-hmm. feeling. It's everybody has one goal, which is to to uplift the sport and the talent that's coming up to the sport and really appreciates that. And I feel like during COVID, we were reminded of, of that. And we've kind of come back out of it and forgotten that we all, at the end of the day, I think everybody that's involved in cheerleading has the same end game, which is, you know, to put the best routines, to judge the best routines, to put on the best events, to be the best humans that we can be in, in the, from the coaching standpoint to raise the best humans, right? At the end of the day, I, I the most pride I get is the kids that I've coached and watching their successes as adults, whether it be in the industry or out of the industry. Yeah. So I think we see a little bit more, we don't see the ups and downs of the that so much outside of the US as we do inside the US. There we go. All right, Justin, follow-up question for you. I was just talking to uh, Zach Penix, because we went to one up, we were in Nashville, two weekends ago. And I was like, Hey, so what, what's your, when you're not like running one up, like, what do you do? And he's like, Oh, I'm, you know, event experience. He's like, I'm, I'm your Matt Godo on the West coast. And I was like, cool. And so you just mentioned it, you know, what event experience as a coach or a gym owner or a director, how should I use that relationship to my advantage? Like, what should I be coming to that person? Like what question should I be asking or what? I don't understand like how I relate to that person. Well, so, I mean, generally speaking, we have an op side and we have an experience side. The op side is, is responsible for getting all the supplies there, the setup, the teardown, like the structure of the event. The experience side is what the coaches and the athletes experience. And so in terms of your specific question, it is our job to partner with the coaches and the gym owners to create the experience for the kids. And a lot of times that means mm-hmm. us reaching out to you to find out what would make this event or this experience more memorable more special, more unique, more different, more fair, whatever whatever that thing is. And then also you coming to us and holding us accountable when you aren't getting that experience that you need for your kids. So it's everything, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the op side tend to be the logistic experts and the experience side tend to be the cheer experts. Like, like what is it about mm-hmm. that award ceremony that's going to have your kids begging to go back to that competition how are we going to make them feel like rock stars Mm -hmm. when they take the mat so they know that they're not going to get that experience in any other sport or any any other activity yeah so i remember spirit sports used to have the uh the man cave because spirit sports uh, duel the desert was always during the super bowl Mm -hmm. and so you said the man cave so if i wanted to bring the man cave back i'd go hey goto we want to bring the man cave back like that's who i would reach out to about that I once wrote a blog called Your Daughter Won't Fly Forever. But with FlyRight, she might fly a little bit longer. There's more pressure on flyers than any other position out there. Help your athlete fly right. Fly Right by TumbleTrack is the personal stunt stand that helps cheerleaders fine-tune their skills and perfect their body control. Made with heavy steel construction, it's easy to store away when not in use so your athlete can train anytime, anywhere. Give the gift of flying a little bit longer with Fly Right by TumbleTrack. Link in the show notes. Exactly. Yes. There you go. Yep, exactly. There we go. And it's all those things. Palm Springs is a great example of that, right? We've always, when we came out there, I think it's year 17 now for Palm Springs, you know, the biggest thing was to make it more than just a cheerleading competition inside those four walls, right? It was to really put the event on 
and what the family can experience and go and, and I mean, obviously there's beautiful places like Palm Springs that make it really easy, but you know, things like the man cave and recognizing the fact that it is Super Bowl weekend, that people have other interests outside of just what's mm-hmm. happening in cheerleading. So that, but yes, Goto would be your go-to person, no pun intended, and make sure that you know. Should you we tell share his that. email <laughs> and cell phone number on this podcast right now? <laughs> yes, yes, we should. Link below, guys. <laughs> okay. So, um, speaking of spirit sports, Damien, we miss you on the West Coast. We really do. You know, every, the, the crew. I know we're doing it a little different now. The crew's great. Shout out to Nick and, you know, Goto and everyone, you know, out here on the West Coast. I think Ken Porter's out here with us now. But Damien, we do miss you. We really do. Yeah. So I'm coming back. I'm coming back there in 24. Go. Let's go. So, <laughs> but you, you said, you mentioned it earlier. You heard it here that first. You were, you know, a part of the, uh, like, inception with Spirit Sports. And I think you can ask anyone mm-hmm. out here on the West Coast, their favorite event in California is hands down Spirit Sports, right? named amongst coaches, the West Coast Worlds. So what did you guys do to make Spirit Sports such a premier event? You know, I, I think we were lucky in the fact that for so long, you had myself, Shannon, and James that were at every event, whether it was Palm Springs or Myrtle or any of our other one-day events. It was the way the schedule worked out is we could we never had to be split up and separated, right? So we could always be there. We each had our own piece of the puzzle. We all came from that coaching side. And so we knew kind of, I knew from a customer experience side, I guess I would have been that customer experience person for Spirit Sports is to know when you needed information, what the information that you needed was and, and how quickly you needed it. And so I, I think that's really just what it is, is. We had a great relationship and friendship over the years. I have the absolute utmost respect for both of them. They are the reason why I'm sitting in the chair that I'm sitting in right now. I think it's just a matter of offer a consistent event where we were available and approachable. You know, we were always, you could find any one of us throughout the event at any point in time and, and not shy away from conversations or, or take care of situations that need to be taken care of. So, and we were like I said, able to do that for a long time. It is in good hands now. That's the great thing is we've got a great team out there, kind of the next generation. Mm-hmm. You know, all of us aren't going to be around forever as much as we think we're invisible and love to be around forever. You know, we've got a great team that's kind of coming up through the ranks that has their own name to build yeah. and, you know, their own their own mark to put on events. And so, you know, Goto is a great example of that. He came to Palm Springs when he was running USA and he wasn't necessarily part of the spirit sports team. But he was able to come and put his mark on it in that awards area outside. It's probably one of the top-notch awards areas on the, on the on any coast. I'll I'll put it up against anything with that experience out there, which is also why he runs our climb crew for Summit. So just that last piece of the puzzle before you leave an event. So, but I, I really think it's just a matter of the consistency that we were able to bring year after year with our same team. There we go. Now, Justin, I ask you the same question, uh, same way that Spirit Sports is the premier event on the West Coast. Obviously, NCA is the premier event in the industry. So what has made NCA NCA? Like, you know, I remember when I was cheering, we went to NCA my senior year in high school, 2003, and everyone competed in the arena, right? All levels mm-hmm. competed in the arena. And I think like Challenge Cup was in like mm-hmm. call A, right? Right. But, you know, we all were in the arena. And now we are, I come back years later, you know, I go off to college and all these things. And I finally get back in the All-Stars. And I'm like, oh, NCA has blown up. And we're in, you know, warm-ups are in hall, who knows, Z right now. And so it's just crazy how big the event has gotten and how much it's grown. So what has not necessarily contributed to the growth? What makes NCA the premier event in the industry? All right. 
Good question, Jason. Uh, in my opinion, what makes NCA the premier event in the industry has been that we have stuck to our guns in terms of what we stand for and what we want that event to be. I think every event probably has its own role or its own function, but NCA has always been about competing against the best, competing legitimately, and focusing on that, not on winning or making sure every single team has the opportunity to win, but truly, truly stacking up against the rest. You know, we've we've often gotten um, slammed for our crossover policy or for the way that we do or don't do division splits. And generally speaking, we haven't caved to customer pressure because we've always known where we wanted NCA to fall in the pecking order, where we wanted it to stand. And we knew that regardless of, of what people want that event to be for their own business, NCA has tried to stand true to what it is and its place in the market. So I'm thrilled that it's gotten as big as it has. And I, I truly think one of those reasons is because is we haven't forgotten who we are and, and what we want mm -hmm. that event to be. There we go. Well, you mentioned like, you know, we want to have deep, you know, it's competing against the best, having deep divisions, right? So you're like truly competing. And I brought this up on the podcast a couple of times, but now that you mentioned this, I want to bring it up now. So you wrote, I'm not sure if it was a blog or a Facebook post, but like, I hope you lose, <laughs> right? So I've tried to talk about it a few times, but I've butchered it every time. But just talk to me about that. You know, I don't even know what it was. It was a blog, a Facebook post. It, you know it was. About. We posted it. We posted it on a blog and on Facebook in 2011. It was the week of All Star Nationals, and I'll be honest. The reason I wrote it when I did is because we had just sent out like the division splits, and everybody was reaching out, telling me how unfair the splits were. It's not fair. It's not right. Everybody, everybody says that they want to compete. But what they really mean is they only want to compete against teams if they have a strong chance of winning. And I try to mm -hmm. I try to liken that to the Boston Marathon. I mean, how many people go to the Boston Marathon saying, I'm only going to run this race if there's a chance that I'm going to win? Like most people know that they're not going to win the Boston Marathon. It's about it's about racing in the most prestigious well-known, prevalent race in the country. That is what we want NCA to be. And so I, I was hearing from so many coaches to the point that I couldn't get any work done because everybody wanted to talk about how when the list came out, there's this other team in their division that they're not as good as, and they didn't want to compete against mm -hmm. them. And, and I, I get that. I especially get that from a business perspective, like a, a gym owner wants their clients to, to have the chance to win. But honestly, I was just like, fed up. It's like, instead of having this conversation 20 times, I, I wanted to get my thoughts out on paper and deliver the message all mm -hmm. at once. And I wasn't, I mean, I, I, it certainly took off in a way and went viral in a way before really viral was much of a thing. It went viral mm -hmm. in a way I wasn't expecting, but it kind of personified what I, what I felt personally about competing and certainly what, um, what NCA stood for. Anyway, that was, that was a really cool thing. And every year people say, Hey, when are you going to re-release that? And I, it has been a timeless piece for the most part, aside from the, like the event was literally like 700 teams that year, which was a lot. I mean, that was the largest event in the industry in 2011. <laughs> and it's funny. And I'll look back. It's like, I mean, Crazy. 700 teams would be relatively low stress compared to, compared to what we have now. Mm -hmm. So 
Anyway, it was a little cool piece that has withstood the test of time, and I'm proud that it that it's made its way out there. There we go. All right, guys, let's get to a break. We'll uh, come back and talk some more cheer. Gym owners, do you find yourself working 100-hour weeks? And then did you know that being underpaid and undervalued is the number one cause for owner burnout? The business coaches at NextGen, some of my good friends, can help you get out of that rut. They, in fact, are gym owners themselves, so they've been in your shoes. The NextGen coaches work alongside gym owners to help them grow their programs and build their profits. So if you want to learn more about how Next NextGen can help you. Book a call at nextgenowners.com. And we are back. So guys, I have a real question for you guys. So real question. It seems that anytime something goes wrong in the industry, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be that the stock market is going down, right? Like we're in a recession and everyone blames varsity. (laughs) for you know the recession that we're in honestly i know so many great people at varsity and it kind of hurts my heart and my feelings to think about like these people who i know are great people get blamed for you know just what i think are the most ridiculous things so i wanted to like ask you guys how do you guys feel about the you know varsity's public perception and then how does it make you kind of feel personally like when varsity seemingly gets blamed for you know all these things that happen in the industry so damien we'll go ahead and start with you i'm like the big old softy when it comes down to it because i wear my heart on my sleeve she might start crying so, right um, now while she's it, answering it does hurt you know i mean <laughs> i might have i was actually thinking about that i'm like try not to cry it, it does. It, it is hurt because we hear that a lot, Jason, to be honest with you. Like, I know that I'm an acquired taste. You either love me or you hate me. It's fine. But at the end of the day, I think I'm fair and consistent. And I think that's most of our team. And so it's hard to know that, you know, we, the things that we do behind closed doors and that are trying to make the event better, trying to make the industry better. Nobody wants to talk about the money we raise for St. Jude and help, you know, raise for St. Jude. Or And, and so that's frustrating because there's so many things outside of just cheerleading that we participate in and support. And so it, it does. I mean, I, I know I get my feelings hurt. I had to take myself off of social media. I got two phones. I've tried to separate to try to be able to have a personal life that is not, I would go home and get sucked into what people were saying on social media, like on keyboard warriors and really took it to heart because it felt like they were attacking me when they say varsity. It's no different than if I go and talk about somebody's family. Like you can like, I can talk about my family all day long, but the heaven forbid, the minute someone talks about my family, I'm going to buck up and be like, that's my family. You can't talk about them. So it, it, it's hard and it, it's, it's constant. I think that's the other thing is it's constant. Um, there's never a reprieve from it. So I wish it was different. I know that we do a lot and we have our, we're out there where we run a lot of events. We're involved in a lot of things. Um, so I know that it's 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 putting our target on our back and putting our name out there. So it's part of the territory with that. Um, it's kind of like being, I'm going to say it, my dad's going to kill me when I say this, but the New York Yankees of baseball, right? You can be great and do all these great things, but people are going to still hate you mm-hmm. because they want they need to hate something. If, you know, I'm a Red Sox fan, so I say I don't say that lightly. <laughs> you know, it, it's tough. And I, and I feel for our team. I feel for the team that we have that works with us that goes to work every day and puts their head down and again is just trying to do their job to the best of their ability day in and day out week in and week out and you think you run this great event and you go on social media and you see it and it's like it can't help but to make you just question a couple things one what can i do better and what what did i do wrong or two like why do i want to stay in it Mm -hmm. you know if if everything you do is going to constantly be you know negative negatively 
you know, viewed, why do I stay in it every yeah. day? And I know my answer is because I love it, you know, and I want to, I want to make a difference and I feel like I can make a difference and I'm going to stay, stay fighting the good fight to make a difference. And hopefully people will see that there's real people with real feelings that are behind this and, and want to do right and want to do well for everybody yeah. involved. No, I hear you. Justin, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so I really agree with most of the things that Damien said. I mean, I, I also have been known to wear my heart on my sleeve and especially when it comes to dealing with the social media backlash that comes with every single decision we make. But where, you know, where I've landed recently, especially first of all, you know, getting to have a family has given me some perspective and some balance that's helped me sleep better at night because I have other, I've got other things in my life to worry about personally. But mm -hmm. what I'll tell you from what I've figured out lately is Leaders have to make tough decisions all the time, and they are, they are never, we are never going to be everybody's cup of tea, but all we can do is continue making decisions that we think are, are what's best and keep our head down and keep working and know that in the end, that's what really matters. And, you know, I was thinking about this earlier when I, when I truly realized how toxic social media was and how you're never not going to make everybody happy was during COVID and, you know, rewind back to early 2021, late 2020. Like we didn't know, we didn't know where the future of the sport was headed. We didn't know mm -hmm. what was going to happen. We didn't know if NCAA All-Star Nationals was going to be in person or not. We didn't know anything. And to sit, you know, I was on a committee that was trying to figure out how do we salvage worlds that year? What can we do mm -hmm. to make sure worlds happens? And uh, there was a bunch of us and we met, we were meeting hours and hours about it and, and coming up and we finally, we finally developed the strategy for that year, which was, and I don't remember the details, but it was like, you know, you have to go to five, three or five events. And if you do that, USASF sanctioned events, then you can go to worlds. And like, we were trying to come up mm -hmm. with something that like kept the legitimacy of worlds yet still gave people an opportunity. Like, how can we do this the right way? And like, we're, we're working mm -hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning. And like, you know, by the time we come up with a solution, we're all sitting in a, like a, cir a circle on zoom, but like, we're all like in tears. Like we're doing what's right for the kids. Like we were just so happy that like we'd come to something that was going to salvage the world championship. I remember specifically mm -hmm. Kathy Penry in tears over like what, what, what we had come up with. And so like, we were in a race to get it out. So people learned about it. And so we released it like on that Friday afternoon because we were so excited. As soon as we put it out, why did they send it out on a Friday? Are they just trying to bury the bad news? And how come they said you have to go to five events? Don't they know that in our region, those events don't like as soon as we put it out, people were mm -hmm. questioning the decision, the timing of the release. How does this benefit them? They only care about making money. Like it was just, it was it was ridiculous. And I'll, like, if anybody was like, y'all, we like, mm -hmm. we, we cried because we thought we were doing the right thing. But it was at that moment that I realized that like people aren't, people will never be satisfied and that's okay. They're, they're consuming. They can have their own opinions of what they want. All you can do is keep your head down and keep trying to do what you think is right and what you think is best. And, uh, the proof will, will exist in the result. That was kind of the moment that I realized like, you know what, you're not, you're not going to win them over and don't even don't even worry about trying. People will always take the news and figure out what part of the news fits their narrative. And that will be the truth. But but the reality is there were lots of kids, young kids that got to experience a world championship that year. 
and it wasn't mm-hmm. perfect. And, you know, the we didn't allow fans in, you know, all the things related to COVID. But, like, mm-hmm. we made it happen. We helped keep yes. this industry churning mm-hmm. forward at a time when we nobody knew what the future held. And so you just have to remember that. You, you have to keep doing the right thing regardless and let those naysayers say whatever they want and keep your head down and keep working. And the proof is in the pudding. There we go. And I love it. And I one of the big reasons why I want to have you guys on, like originally, when I first started the podcast, you know, I remember just thinking there are real people, and I kind of already said this, but there are real people that I really like that work for varsity, right? Really good people who work for varsity, right? And a company is only every company, every business is only made up of the people. It's just a bunch of individuals trying to make collect, you know, decisions collectively. And the heart of the company is with within the heart of the people. And I don't know, personally know any bad people at varsity. I'm not saying there aren't any bad people at varsity, but the people that I do know at varsity are all good people doing the right things for the right reasons. Right. And so it's hard for me to reconcile that there's a bunch of good people working for an evil company, you know, a bunch of good people who do things the right way, who who are working for a, a company who do things, you know, only for, greed right and so or you know any other despicable words you want to throw out there so anyway so i appreciate you guys i appreciate you know all my friends that work at varsity and um yeah anyway this actually kind of leads me into um we actually had let me ask you this first we take a lot of we'll see posts online like from moms or coaches and i'll respond to them and just throw in my two cents on you know that particular topic and my co-host is a cheer mom and so she's on cheer mom pages and she found this this post that you know was getting traction on this cheer page and it was just a bunch of stuff you know varsity scoring it's a little suspect and you could tell that it's you know basically just says it's suspect the whole time there people are paying off judges and all these things (laughs) and she had told me this one of our moms is a mom in our own gym goes yeah i've heard parents say that we win because jason knows lots of people at varsity like that's why american wins competitions i'm like well everyone knows it's it's impossible to go to competitions and not know someone from like we all have friends at varsity it's like impossible not to you know there are a lot of people who say there's like biases in the scoring right in the you know it's evil it's going like this so what why and how should we have faith in the score you know I guess it's not the it's the United score sheet now, but we know what we've known as the varsity score sheet. Why should we have faith in that, that it is on the straight and narrow? Owners, directors, coaches, we are in comp season now. So if you're looking for a second set of eyes as you're gearing up for your big events, I'd love to help out. You send me a video of your routine and I send you a video back of your routine with what I would fix and how I would fix it. Teams I've done this for have gone on to be world champions, NCAA All-Star champions, NCAA Collegiate champions, Summit champions, and D2 Summit champions. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can reach me via email at Jason Larkins, or you can reach me on Instagram at Jason Larkins, or on the Let's Talk Cheer podcast Instagram, Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Well, what I can tell you, first of all, is everybody wants to get it right and is trying to get it right. There is no short-term or long-term benefit to helping a team win or score higher than they deserve to score. There's no, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any business sense. It doesn't, it certainly doesn't, morally doesn't make any sense. I totally get it that um, when you are personally invested in the results for your team or for your child's team that 
that you assume that everybody else who doesn't agree with your opinion is also personally invested and that that just isn't the case. The other thing I'll point out, you know, this is this is funny that we're having this, you know, we just finished NCAA College Nationals. Everybody loves to talk about the judge's bias, but I don't know anybody who's more biased than the fans who are complaining about the bias. And so I, you know, mm-hmm. a parent up in the stands can scream favoritism from the judges if they want, but would you want that parent judging the competition? <laughs> Or do you think maybe that parent has more bias than anybody else in the room? And that, you know, that's, I get it because it's so personal to us. And so, and so when something doesn't make sense to us or we don't understand how we got to the results to automatically attribute it to some kind of nefarious or, or bias out there. But I, but I don't know anybody who works harder than the judges to get it right. And the other thing to keep in mind also is it's a live sport. And so what we are asking the judges to do is watch, you know, 36 athletes on the floor who aren't just like stunting, jumping, and tumbling, but they're doing those things at the same exact time. And there are smoke and mirrors happening, and people are crossing the center of the mat. And what this stunt group is doing on the far left is different than what the stunt group on the far right is doing. And then also, while that stunt hits, there's a tumbling pass over in the far right corner that has to happen at the same time. And we want the judges to get all of it, and we want them to get all of it in the right time. And then a coach, understandably, goes back and watches it on Varsity TV or they watch video playback. And to them who know the routines inside and out, what may or may not look way obvious to them isn't what's capable for a judge to capture in two minutes and 30 seconds. And so I think think that's where the biggest disconnect is, is that we want this live sporting event where we want the judges in two and a half minutes to appreciate the blood, sweat, and tears that went into every practice. And then we've, we've got cheerleading experts out there who have the benefit of knowing routines inside and out or the benefit of video of playback that may see things differently. But then at the end of the day, everybody's just trying to get it right. The best thing that we can do for our business and for the respect and the comfort of our customer is for us to get it right. That will always be our goal. There we go. You heard it from the horse's mouth. Damien, real quick, let me follow up with this. (laughs) I've talked to a few people who are international, right? And they always say, like, oh, no, Americans are, like, way more passionate about the score sheet than us over here. So what's the – do you see that difference between international teams and teams here in the States or, like, coaches, I guess, um, as far as the score sheet and judging is concerned? I think it's mm-hmm. – it really depends on where you are. Our friends up north that we share a border with, our Canadian friends and our U.K. friends are extremely passionate and competitive in their own right and nature. The difference is, is they're playing on a different set of score sheets. You know, we have a governing body that kind of sets rules and parameters and skill progressions. And then the United Scoring is working with the event producers, not only just in the U.S., but we also have some international scoring partners that are also helping to develop that. But each country still has its own nuances. Right. So there may be some skills that are different. There may be a couple things. But as far as like learning and knowing the score sheet and knowing their craft, I would say equally as passionate when they are in their home turf. Things are a little bit different when we get down in the U.S. and they're having to maybe jump on a different score sheet or different rules and some of the nuances that are happening. But there's definitely the same passion um, that exists. I will say I do feel like they do take a lot of ownership Mm -hmm. and accountability for whatever levels that they're coaching and their teams for making sure that they understand Mm-hmm. Um, the rules there, they also really appreciate the education and feedback 
you know, we still offer AccuScore at all of our events. It's nice because the way they approach, they really just want to know and be educated on why the decision was made the way it is, as opposed to, they don't really use the term argue mm -hmm. or dispute. I think we always say, I'm going to argue a score at AccuScore, it's argue score instead of AccuScore. We don't really see that outside. We really see them coming to, to get educated on why it is the way that it is and whether it's right or wrong. You know what I mean? If it's wrong, we fix it. We, you know, we make the adjustment things like that, but mm -hmm. it's definitely the demeanor of how it's approached and the, the respect for officials, I guess, is a good way to put it out there. Is, is I think sports in general outside of the U.S. is you don't hear the bashing of the referees. You don't hear some of the things that you normally hear in the U.S. I haven't been to a Little League game. I know, Justin, I think your boys are both playing Little League ball right now. So I can only imagine what the parent stands sound like on a game day, but it, it definitely is. Um, it's still a passion, but it's a different kind of passion. Yeah. And I, just to clarify real quick, I, I meant more of the passion as far as like you end up saying at the end. What I've heard is that American coaches, when it comes to like disputing a score, are way more like if a score, if they don't agree with a score, like they'll fight tooth and nail and be like, ah, you know, about it. And international teams are like more like you said, oh, OK, like, you know, there's a more of a learning opportunity. Like, why didn't I get the score or whatever? So. Right. Anyway, not that they're not passionate about, you know, but you know learning. what's what's interesting about that is coaches will often like refuse to like to leave or to be done with the conversation, but that doesn't change the result. Like mm -hmm. when the the conversation is over, the conversation is over, and it, I I find it interesting because I do agree. Some of the internet it, it is when the international teams come to the U.S. I've noticed a calmer and more sportsmanlike mm -hmm. demeanor from them. It's interesting with the American coaches, like when it's final, it's final. And sometimes they don't want to walk away from the mm -hmm. situation. It's almost like the international customer, like they're ready to go to bed or they realize that like <laughs> efficiently, like there's no reason to continue talking. And I think sometimes U.S. customers feel like they might get their way if they keep mm -hmm. going around and round and round at the topic. Yeah. I really got to thank you, Justin, for you really did help shape me into a coach you would answer all of my emails about i have no idea if you still answer emails about the score sheet but you know score sheet was a lot different you know back then but i would send you a i'd send you a video and you'd you know rip it to shreds and be like you know you're doing this <laughs> this is like why isn't it a perfect score and you're like well you kind of did this and that kid marked it <laughs> like oh you got a point i guess but i remember after college nationals you know however many years ago that was probably 10 years ago we got second place and we noticed our pyramid score had dropped a couple tenths or so and but we only lost by this back when it was on the 10 point score sheet and mm -hmm. like hey like what happened and i remember you talked to i remember we were you know obviously we got second place we're upset and we go there i think with the mindset we want to get this score changed because we want to be the national champions and i remember it eventually realizing they're not changing the score and so at that point i remember <laughs> like taking the conversation to okay well how do we prevent this from happening next year and i remember you sat there you ryan mag sat there for like for an hour and talk to us about like it was a literal hour like people are packing up and done like tarps are up and everything and you guys like took the time to like really talk to us about like the pyramid score and how we could not you know put ourselves in that position next year what the judges were looking for you know the following season and it was really cool because we really took that we took all that information we you know we upgrade our pyramid for the next season i remember you tweeted us and you're like great pyramid cpu and you had a little winky face whenever we won and i was like no we, we will never not have a top score at ncaa nationals again so i appreciate that and all you've done to uh, kind of shape me as a coach but this is a real question i appreciate now. that and jason yeah. I, my first disclaimer i will tell you i am not 
an expert in today's score sheet. I don't want to be. I'm not, I, I'm not the person to explain to you what you should have done better to win. I've gladly, I'm trying to be as ignorant as I can so I don't have to be in that situation anymore. Yeah. That can be, um, that's really stressful. And I'll tell you, and I don't remember, I, I remember there was something with Pyramid with, with you back then. And, you know, I, I coached you on that you, Team USA mm -hmm. a couple years prior. So I had that relationship with you going into that event experience. But what I appreciated about my interaction with you, that doesn't always happen when dealing with coaches on site at, at events, is you believed that you got the short end of the stick that weekend. But you did not believe that we intentionally did that to you. Like it mm -hmm. was, there was a mutual respect and a mutual acknowledgement that like everybody was doing the best job that they could. And mm -hmm. that type of setting, setting the kind of the foundation for that type of belief system makes the conversation so much easier to have because it wasn't a, you're out to get us. Why did this happen? It, it was a, I still think this is a mistake. What can we all do better next time? Those conversations are so much more productive because I'll, I'll never be able to sit there and convince somebody that we want them to fail, that, that mm. we don't want them to fail. They're, you know, if they believe that coming into the conversation, they're going to believe that. But I appreciated the professionalism of that dialogue and with, with many other people since then, because it, it was, it's a fresh look at the situation because it's professionals trying to work together to come to a, a, a common ground. Yeah. And I'll say this to all the coaches and owners out there, like, what are your options? You know, you go to AccuScore, we say, hey, our pyramid didn't score well and you go yeah we think you should have done x y and z and i can argue with you but you know you're not changing the score right like you're not changing it no amount of arguing is going to yeah. make you change the score so i can either stick my heels in the ground and well we're just going to do the same pyramid next year and they better get it right next year <laughs> or i can learn okay well just tell me what from the judge's perspective what were we missing okay awesome well you know it sucks that we're not going to be the national champions this year we're not going to place top five or whatever whatever goals we had for ourselves but it's time to learn and move on and that's life you know things don't go your way yeah. so you know it is what it is well and it's um, it's a live sporting event like you know when the super bowl ends if there was a bad call or rather a call that that one of the teams don't agree with like how much revisiting do you do after and how much do you go back and belabor whether or not all the calls were were agreed upon by by both mm -hmm. the teams and so i mean it's it, it is what it is like the event happens and then and then the event has to end and and everybody has to move on and then i think in your particular example i don't know if it was the next year or a couple of years later but the pyramid rubric for nca college nationals did change Mm -hmm. And it became a little bit more specific to make sure that the teams that were truly doing more difficult skills scored a little higher. And I actually think back then probably difficulty and execution was in the same category. So mm -hmm. who knows? Anyway, the point of it was like the event, the judges have the call to make and then it's over. And then it's up to us to pick up the pieces and figure out how to move forward. There we go. And I think you went on to win several years in a row right after that. Am I correct? <laughs> We did. We won. While I was yeah. there, we won four years in a row. And I think they end up winning five, six, seven in a row, maybe. That's funny. Something yeah. like that. Cool. Yeah. Well, congratulations. So, thanks. Appreciate you. There you go. All because <laughs> of one, one conversation. All right, guys, we're going to get right. to a, a break. <laughs> we're going to get to a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more cheerleading. 
true story. When I was a kid, my sister would practice her back handsprings down the hill on the side of our yard. Back then, buying mats from Tumble Track was not an option. But now you can step your tumbling game up with a folding incline mat by Tumble Track. Start perfecting those rolls kickovers, handsprings, and tucks with these cheese wedges that come in three different sizes and three bold colors. Get ready to flip, twist, and tumble like never before with the safety of an incline mat by Tumble Track. Link in the description. All right, and we are back. So, Damien, I wanted to swing this over to you and talk about the various different summits we have going on. So, can we start here with First, we had the summit, and it was open to everyone except for minis. I remember so many. This is actually a very true story. We took our, and you probably remember this. I was going to say, your minis, took, you guys got a bid. Yeah. And JWs, yep. I remember and that, the very first one. Our owners, Kelly and um, Troy, were so against Summit when it first came out. And they were like, well, you can only go if you get a full paid bid. And so I'm working with, you know, our teams. Like, I think we have a senior two that year and a senior three that we're coaching. And I'm like, yo, we're getting a we're getting a full paid bid. We never get a we never get a full paid bid. And then Ashley had this mini team that's just killing it every competition. And I'm like, hey, Ash, is there any rules against minis going youth? Like, could you do that? And she's like, I don't know. And so we asked the owners. So we went, we took them youth. I didn't coach them, Ash coach them, took them youth at USA Nationals, and they got, you know, the level one full paid bid. And so we yep. took these little mini team, you know, I think we're large mini one that year and took them to summit that first year. And it was, that was a really cool experience. Kelly and Jarrett didn't go. Troy didn't go. It was literally just me and Ash and these mini kids um, that went to this event. Didn't so, make finals? But anyway, we made finals. Yeah. I think we ended up in like fourth place, maybe fourth or fifth, something like that. So it was, yeah, it's pretty, it was decent, but those, you know, those youth teams were good. I was like, man, these guys, yeah. yeah. Here we go. But yeah, we have all these various different summits. And a few years ago, the industry moves in a direction. We say, hey, we're not going to have youth teams at the summit anymore. But now we have youth summit. So can you tell me about like kind of the thinking behind removing youth from the summit and then bringing them back to the summit or to, you know, their own summit to have? Yeah. So, you know, we have conversations, obviously, all year long each season going in and out of um, all of our events, but even especially at Summit, and just talk about the changes we can make or the tweaks you can make and, and feedback. I think it's the most valuable thing we have, right, is to get feedback from our customers, how we can better support them to support us. And one of the things we were hearing consistently for several years was the burnout of athletes that were now going to the Summit yeah. at youth age and competing at these high-level events at the end of season at Disney up and getting through worlds. So we had made the decision for removing youth. It just happened to come at the same time that COVID hit. So we, we decided to continue down that path, especially coming back out of COVID, right? Expenses, we knew that parents coming out of COVID with the financial situations that a lot of families were in, not knowing the uncertainty of the industry, not only the industry, but some people's jobs. You know, a lot of a lot of our mm -hmm. um, families and athletes lost their their parents lost their jobs through COVID, and so we really knew that the expense was going to be there, and we wanted to to not be ignorant to that. However, after one year out, you know, we got the callback of, "Hey, we really wish youth is back. It's hard to end my season in different places. We have these teams that want to go," mm -hmm. and so we were fortunate enough to be able to get into Tampa and offer kind of a, a lower non Disney non Disney event. Ideally, I don't know that the timing during the world weekend is ideal for everybody. However, it's a it's a great opportunity that if teams are heading down there, they can compete It's on the Thursday and Friday We're airing it's this week coming up. We, we brought it back. We're excited. We've got a couple hundred teams 
that are joining us. And, you know, those kids deserve to see each other, especially in those youth divisions that aren't as heavily populated. You know, we know that the mm-hmm. senior twos and the junior threes, I think junior three is one of the largest divisions in the country repeatedly every year. But some of those youth divisions are, are not as deep. So the only opportunity for them to really, truly get deep level of competition is going to be um, at a national event. So it's a great opportunity yeah. for families to go make a weekend of it, hang out, go check out Worlds, go stay for the week and check out Summit the following week. Yeah, We're excited for the team that's running it and excited to see those kids back down there. We've got a, a new friend that's going to be joining us down there, hopefully making his debut. So I think they've got a lot of exciting things in store when they get down there. One of the coolest things about our jobs is being on the ground level to create the stuff. You know, Damien created the first summit. And so there's there's always something really special about that inaugural year. And really for the first summit, like I I literally was going down the list of NCA rankings. Like, hey, do you want a bid to the summit? Okay, no, okay, great, thank you. Let me call the next team. <laughs> Would you like a bid to the summit? Would you like a bid? Like, it was one of those things that like, we needed people to show up that first year, but once they got there, it quickly became the thing. So like getting to be on the ground level, for the summit was really cool. The first D2 summit, which by the way, was in Tampa where you summit is, that was a really cool experience before D2 summit took off. And I can tell you that's, that's what's about to happen for you summit in a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. or this week, I guess, depending on when this podcast airs. And I feel that way about the league coming up, like being on the first worlds, like getting to be at the ground level of when these new things start Mm -hmm. has been as it's probably the coolest part of my job because you know, like it's never going to be like this again. Mm-hmm. And we're creating kind of creating, we're creating the future history of our sport. Yeah. That part's been really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, real quick. I want to go back to youth summit. What do the kids get if they win? Rings. They get their rings or banners. Everything with youth is, is mirrored just like summit. So they'll go through, okay. they'll get to do their ring sizing. They'll get their mini banners for first, second, and third. We're still advancing finalists. One thing we are doing is we're advancing a few more finalists. We've changed our advancement rules mm-hmm. to be a little bit more flexible. Well, not flexible, but we're taking more teams to finals. Inclusive. inclusive. Yes, very good word, Dustin, inclusive. And so they'll literally mirror the same experience that they have minus the Disney piece. Okay, there we go. Real quick, this random question, I have you here, so I might as well ask, when did teams get split for Summit? How many teams do you need to be in a division before you split A and B? So 71 total registered teams. So regardless okay. of your bid type, whether it's wildcard, at-large, or partial paid or paid, once that total registration hits 71, mm. then we look at splitting the division out into A and B. Gotcha. And it is a random split. I was just looking at the divisions yesterday because we now completed our last event. And so I was like, oh, I guess I should look at the divisions, see who's there. And I was at practice with the kids and I'm going online and I'm like, 52 teams. Sheesh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you, I'm not sure. I thought it was around 60. I didn't think we quite made the, the cut, but I only looked at at-large and paid bids. I didn't look at, so it's probably yeah. surely 70 with wildcard, small junior tell team. Tell you what, so, that block you know. schedule is getting ready to get sent out, so you're probably going to see it here. Or actually, it's already yeah. out at this point when this is getting, when yeah. we're actually going live. But the we have the additional advancements too. So not only do we have the division splits that are A and B, once you hit the 71, we also, again, in getting feedback from coaches each year, you know, we've come up with some, we see where kind of the masses of the division split. When we hit that 31, we'll take additional teams. So there's marks, benchmarks along the way mm-hmm. uh, within those rounds of when we take additional teams as well. So yeah. we really are trying to, to recognize the fact that there's so many great teams and, and some of these divisions are just so heavily populated each year. Again, like I said, the senior two, junior two, the junior three division, even junior four 
is one that's big mm -hmm. this year. We're starting to really see those and it's kind of cool to watch it progress. Like as the years go by, which divisions or these kids are going up together mm -hmm. has been really cool to see. So, but we, we, we are trying to do that. I encourage everybody again, if you've got feedback and ideas and, and things holistically, not that are necessarily personal gains, you know, to try to look at what would be good for the, the event itself and the sport. Justin and I and Fran are always available to take feedback and conversations, preferably not the week of the event while we're trying to get ready to run the event, but um, more than open years right after to get involved and be a part of the conversation. The summit was driven again from coaches. It was a, it's the, the population of the industry isn't just world's athletes, right? the largest mm -hmm. amount of customers in everybody's gym and the largest amount of customers in, in the industry and athletes in the industry are in those summit divisions and youth yep. divisions. So it's like, we want to make sure that we're giving them just a good of experience in the sport because some of those kids are never going to make it to a world's level athlete. And that's, that's really yeah. where it comes down from. So it's having those kids be able to have that same experience and not necessarily be that same skill. There we go. Hey, Damien, I actually have a suggestions for 2024. I have one right now. Here, here we go. I think that inaugural year, there was a video that played. I have no idea. I know that Summit has grown tremendously since then, but a video played when you made finals and it was like clips of your team. Uh, maybe not the inaugural year. I remember it the second year because I... I was, the, I went the inaugural year, but I went and took my own team the next year. But I remember like the finalists, there was like a video. It was like, Doo -doo 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 -doo, enchanted. It was like a video of us like played. And I was like, oh, like we made finals. So feel free to bring that back. Cause that was a really cool little, little touch that you guys did. Oh, I will make the note of that. It's, it's, we've got and some I'm, cool, we, we have, I do know that we have Justin, um, don't we have ESPN back this year? Yes. We'll be doing the ESPN mm, show again. Yeah. That is really exciting. That will, um, it won't air during that weekend, but it will air in the weeks that follow. There we go. Guys, I was on, I was coach of the year. Hey, what do I tell people? I won the Pinnacle Award in 2019. Aww. I don't know what to tell people. Where's my award? It's somewhere in this room somewhere. <laughs> you tell people that you won it. Yeah. You just, that's awesome. But, but that's do I say awesome. I was coach of the year? Like, is that the name of my, I was coach of the year. I feel like I'm about to put it on a resume one day. With episode 105 with I'll us. That, you go on there too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, and now the league, the new thing going on with varsity. I remember seeing everyone with shirts last year at the summit. And I remember talking to Tank. I'm like, Tank, what the heck is the league, man? Like, what are we doing here? So the league's been coming out. People have been getting rankings and scores and all these things. But I'm trying to stay focused on the season. So here's my chance. You guys are here. I know. Talk to me about the league. Well, let me tell you, though. So the league has been, and I mentioned it earlier, it's one of those cool new products that, like, wow, we get to be on the ground level and get to be a part of. But we just had the final awards. And basically, it's a points race. You know, the summit has been incredible for a lot of reasons, and the D2 Summit and Dance Summit, and all of that has been great. But what it also did is it changed it changed the meaning of events, and it changed it mm -hmm. from uh, like people were no longer excited to win a competition if if they didn't get the summit bid mm -hmm. too. And so there was this emphasis off the summit that we wanted to take away from and really make the entire season engaging and worthwhile. And so what this does is it uh, it's not score-based, it's ranking-based. And you earn points at every varsity event that have to do with your ranking at that event and the size of the event. So at you know, like this past year at NCA Nationals, winning NCA was worth 600 points. Mm -hmm. But 
winning an NCA one day, for example, might be worth 400 points. And so there are these points associated with your ranking, whether you're D1 or D2, and it has brought back that excitement of what happens in the regular season. So it's no longer about whether or not you got that one-tenth of a point on your jump score mm-hmm. that you were fighting for. It was about, hey, we won our division, which means that we've got 500 points mm-hmm. going into our league score. And so we take your top five five points from your top five events and that goes into the into into the bucket and then we had live shows that happened throughout the season that were really fun and then we just aired the live award show and we've given out i mean varsity is not known for this but we gave out like we are giving out uh half a million dollars in mostly cash Mm -hmm. and awards and credits uh to future events it's been really cool and exciting and getting to do the live show we did you know we did jam fest at uca and at one up and um Watching the kids, specifically my nieces who came to be a part of the live show, it's been really exciting. And again, much like the summit and some of the other things that we've done, not everybody knows about it this first year. You know, even you were like, I don't even think you've completely understood what this, what it was about. But it's one of those things that it's really special for those that got to be in at the ground level because I see this really taking off for the future and I'm, I'm proud to get to be a part of it when you say the live show explain the live show a little bit more because i remember you came up to one up or you know happened to walk i heard someone actually was like i think justin's coming up to one up for the live show for the league and i didn't actually know what that meant like he's going to be here for the live show i didn't catch the live show i guess i was with another team so what what do you mean by the live show Hey, Let's Talk Cheer podcast listeners, I need to tell you about the number one all-star cheer conference this summer. I'm going to be speaking at it as a guest speaker, so you already know it's going to be fire. The Next Gen Summer Conference will be in Dallas June 23rd through the 25th. This conference is perfect for everyone in your gym. There will be skills classes for the coaches, leadership and management classes for the directors, and business classes for the owners. Guest instructors will include myself, Jason Larkins, Romel Osuna of World Cup, Adam Forte of Forte Spirit Solutions, and the whole crew from Next Gen. Make sure to head on over to ngconferences.com to register today. Well, we've got a live show where Maddie and Chuck this season interviewed different people that were in the running for the league, talked about the points race, who's in first over in Southeast, who's in the lead at Southwest. But this team over here has another 600-point event on their schedule, so could they move up in the league? So really what the league does is it it checks in on who's having the best season. Mm-hmm overall not who has their bid you know you get your bid and you check out and you're done you're done for the next two or three months it's who's having the best season and going live and those kids getting to feel like rock stars because they got to be on camera holding up their signs in the back it's like that kind of game day Mm -hmm. environment like who's who's in the lead now who do we need to look out for and kind of keep some of the fun and intensity and engagement for the season going forward there we go great stuff all right guys i'm gonna stay focused i'm gonna be part of the league next year we're doing it. Winning me a diamond pendant. <laughs> a real, I heard that several times. I'm, you're, it's a real diamond pendant. It's a real right. diamond pendant. <laughs> well, it was a real diamond pendant. It was the inaugural oh. diamond pendant. I can't, I can't promise you that we'll be passing out diamonds uh, every year for the rest of our lives. But again, getting it on the ground level is pretty special. So certain teams are going home with a diamond pendant. There you go. We missed it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs>
All right, we'll get to a break. They're asking you guys some questions, not cheerleading. <laughs> and we are back. So we're going to get into some non-cheerleading questions. Got some quick hitters for you guys, just to get to know you guys as people a little bit. So, you know, I remember I actually wanted to ask this, Justin. It was we were at Varsity U one day. And you were talking about musicality and how you've matured. And I remember you said you did this <laughs> this dance like Baby Got Back. And you're like, and the musicality was on. Yes. But it wasn't as appropriate. You know, looking back, it wasn't that appropriate. So I want to ask uh, you guys, like, how have you guys, you know, changed as people over the years, like, you know, just being in the industry? Hopefully, I've grown up a lot. And I don't even think, I mean, I would say becoming a parent has changed my perspective on things. And that's true in a lot of ways in terms of my empathy for what your parents go through. But generally speaking, you have to be a leader and you have to be an adult and you've got to notice those. And yes, to your point, one time I did a junior prep routine and they danced to Baby Got Back. And it, it was a really good dance, in my opinion. But like, <laughs> And that was when I was 19, you know, now I'm, uh, at my age now, I'm like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? And I would yank my daughter out of that gym mm -hmm. so fast if their routine was to baby got back, no matter how, how great the musicality went with the, um, <laughs> the actual choreography. But I mean, you just grow up and you, and, and, and you have to look at things as, as a mature adult. And especially now as a parent that has helped too, but I mean, it's all of our responsibilities to protect our kids and to make sure that, that they're getting a great experience. There we go. Damien. You know, I, I think from my standpoint, I mean, Justin hit the nail on the head with all of it. I think COVID is really where it shifted for me is I was just on this straight path of work, 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 work. And COVID really kind of slowed me down to go, okay, what is this really all I want to be about? Is this, is there other things? I mean, I COVID was not good for everybody, right? There are some good things that came out of COVID. I got, married. I bought a camper. I spent a lot of time on the road and just really trying to, to find that what I like to call life work balance and, mm -hmm. and trying to really make sure that, you know, what I do outside of cheerleading is just as important as what I do in a cheerleading. And my family deserves to get my time and attention just as much as our customers do. So I really tried 100%, to find that. hundred percent. All right, Damien, a great flood is coming and you get to save five pairs of animals which five animals are you saving totally going practical at first horses for transportation cattle for food and leather i want chickens for eggs i want sheep for wool and i want two pugs because pugs are the there best we one. go there you go cats didn't make the cats didn't nope. make the trip people nope. <laughs> all right all right justin let's hear it i mean really when i when when i heard that question all i thought was i love steak <laughs> So I'm guessing a bunch of cattle and I'll just eat steak for the rest of my yeah. life, however long that is. <laughs> I don't, I, I stopped liking dogs when I started having children because I'm, I'm done picking up anybody else's poop. Yeah. But really all I could think of was red meat. I like red meat. And so I, I pick cattle. There you go. Texas boy. Are you originally from Texas, Justin? Born in Missouri in St. Louis and then raised in Texas since I was like five or six. There we go. Good stuff. All right, Justin. Five dinner guests, dead or alive. I asked this question to someone one time. I said, um, hey, five dinner guests, dead or alive. They're like, alive. And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, alive. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> so like if I, if I really think about it, obviously my, my parents that have passed, I would love to have dinner with them again. I have a lot to catch them up on. But then if I wanted to go like more the celebrity route, I was thinking about this the other day, like people I grew up with musically, Prince, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, 
like people that like that were like the soundtrack to my mm-hmm. childhood and honestly early adult life i would like to, i would like to meet with them that's really cool good answers <laughs> so um so my my parents and whitney houston yeah there you go <laughs> that's great. i was actually thinking about that yesterday ashley said the movie was really good i never watched it ashley said it was really good though oh i cried yeah. and cried and cried i looked I look like a mess coming out yeah. of that. She's like, it was so good, Jason. And she, she, I was crying, and then she shouldn't have done the drugs that last time. She shouldn't have done it. And I was just like, I need to watch the movie. All right, Dave. I'm going to go all four of my grandparents and then my husband with it. You know, I mean, I've my parents are both younger of their siblings, so my grandparents were older um, and all passed away when I was relatively young. So I didn't really get to learn about their generation, learn about my parents. There's a lot of questions I have for my grandparents about why my parents are the way they are and that why, you know, some of those things. And, and so I just truly value the generations that are before us and would love to, to just hear more about it. So there you go. Dude, great. You guys are killing these answers. What are we been binge watching Damien? Oh, anything trashy dating reality TV shows. <laughs> Married at First Sight, Love is Blind, all of them. Like, I will take all of it all day long. I'm actually Flavor of love. currently, uh, no, I'm not going to go there. But I did watch The Real Love Boat with my mother and my mother-in-law. We just binge-watched watch the entire season this week, so. Yeah. All right, Justin, what are we binge-watching? I'm currently watching Shrinking on Apple TV. It's uh, really good. Um, unfortunately, there is some adult language. And, I did. I, you know, my daughter was watching it with me last night, and I... I wondered if she, if it was sinking in what they were saying on the TV screen. Mm-hmm. I didn't think. I figured she was too young to absorb it. Well, she absorbed it. <laughs> and she repeated it. The language was too bad for me to even repeat out loud. But let me just tell you, she's she knows she knows some words. She knows a couple words now. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to. Yes. Yes. So anyway, shrinking right now is what I'm yeah. watching. Every time something comes up on the TV, like Joey is really observant. She's two and a half right now. She's really observant. And every time something comes up on the TV, I look at her. I'm just waiting for her to repeat something. And I'm just like, oh, well, not today. So, you know, coast is clear so far, but uh, we're good. Justin, guilty pleasure. I mean, I think it's binge watching TV. I um, un- Unfortunately, that doesn't say much about <laughs> me, but I, I really cherish my time alone watching tv and letting my brain fry a little bit oh i can throw in candy crush i'm almost on level 3000 i get it that i'm the only one who still plays it and i but i've been playing it for 10 and a half years and every time i try to tell somebody how excited i am they're not impressed but i still love candy Crush. i'm impressed i am because i remember seeing you tweet about it and be like oh he's still going he's killing it michael may plays a lot of candy crush too i'm not sure if he still does but i know he at least used to all right damien guilty pleasure mine's gonna be the same as justin's i'm i'm a reality TV binge watcher. If I can watch it and get that time alone and just mindlessly watch television and not have to think about it, I'm I'm all for it. I heard that. All right, guys, last question. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You guys have been absolutely awesome. Damien, what advice would you give to your younger self? Stay true to who you are. You know, you're you're you go. gonna trust your gut. You're gonna make the right decisions. Just straight, stay true to the person that you are. And um, I think everything will work out. Spoken like a champion. Justin, send us off strong. Mine would be to trust God and know that every experience you're going through right now is going to lead you to exactly where you need to be. I do not, when when tragedy or crisis strikes, I don't trust in that. And when I get make it to the other side, I always look back and think, wow, I'm, I'm actually really, really grateful that I got to experience mm-hmm. what I just experienced. Yeah. There we go. Great stuff, guys. Guys, thanks so much for coming on. You guys have been awesome. And you're welcome back anytime. 
Thanks for watching the Let's Talk to Your podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.